What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Thrash Talk Podcast. It's me, Sleep, and I got my buddy Grizz here with us today. Uh, and we have a, a, a fun one, man. It was a great one with a legendary snowboarder out of the UK. Keith, let him know who it is. Yeah, super stoked. Thanks, Sleep. We got our boy JBM. That's James Barnes Miller in the house. He's a Paris snowboarder. He's a two-time Paralympian, world champion, uh, Crystal Globe winner. I mean, the guy's an absolute beast. When he came on tour, I mean, it was one of those things where you could just tell right off the bat he's going to take it by storm, essentially. And uh, one of my really good friends and we had an absolute blast. So I'm super stoked to kick it off with y'all. What's really cool is we've talked about James before in this podcast, before we even, you know, even thought about getting him on here. So it was really cool uh, that you introduced him, I think, in the first episode ever of Thrash Talk. And then to bring it back and have him on a few episodes later, uh, really cool kind of evolution there. I want to say he kind of was found in a, in a pub or a bar. Uh, from a snowboard perspective, and then he just kind of rocketed to the top of para snowboarding, and you know, just a, a good all-around dude uh, living in the Alps. Uh, seems to be loving his life, and I'm really stoked for everybody to kind of get to know him a little bit better. Uh, go ahead, like, subscribe, follow us everywhere, man. We're on Instagram, we're on X, uh, we're on YouTube. Uh, podcast can be found on Spotify, on Apple Music, on Amazon Music, anywhere your podcast can be found. Follow us man uh we're stoked to bring you another episode we're dropping episodes every 10 days uh so don't miss one and we'll see you out there folks you you james barnsmiller paralympic snowboarder from britain and i just hang around and go snowboarding (laughs) (laughs) i love it man that's uh (laughs) dude that 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 sounds like a sick life, man. I'm I'm a little bit jealous, man. You live down in in Switzerland right now, is that correct? Well, meetings uh, in France, but it's uh, like right on the Swiss oh, border. My bad. So like, yeah, we can get like two chairlifts into Switzerland and then uh, rip in Switzerland if we want to, or hang out in France. Yeah, it's cool. Dude, that's pretty dope, man. When did you make that move uh, down there? Was that was that something that was like planned all along, or uh, so? How long have you been down there? No, no, not at all. It wasn't, we weren't even looking at France. We, um, after my first games, which was at Pyeongchang, 2018, we, um, I got a holiday here uh, from an agent that I was working with, uh, to stay at a chalet and do some write-ups for some magazines. And, uh, we were having a glass of wine in the garden, me and my wife and, uh, or my girlfriend at the time, but, um, yeah, just hanging out and, chatting with the owner of the chalet and she offered my, my girlfriend a job and gave us an apartment so we yeah moved out the that winter so yeah the winter after film chang so we've been here five years now so well yeah pretty much um yeah shit. an absolute totally beast <sighs> totally unplanned like just luck and yeah we sort of went with it and yeah we love that and we've been out here ever since and it's yeah bloody lovely yeah. So I interrupted. I said, absolute beast. I mean, JBM, I've known you for years. I kind of, I actually got to see you start your career. So just as a brother from another mother, I want to say thank you for taking the time to be on Thrash Talk with sure. us today. We're super stoked to have you and can't wait to hear more about your story. But at the end of the day, bro, you're, you're a freaking legend. You're a beast. You revolutionized the adaptive snow sports or snowboarding world when you came in like a hurricane and 
showed us what a one arm guy could do with a fast start. Uh, yeah, I can, I can start. Yeah. I, I don't know about that. I, <laughs> I just, uh, I just, yeah, turned up and I can snowboard. Well, I was rubbish at the start. Took me a few years. But, uh, we're there now. I can uh, do some starts. Not, I would st- I would say you arguably have the fastest start in your category these days. I know when you get in the start gate, I see, you know, usually my category goes after yours. And fastest, fastest start yeah. in, the, in your category? <laughs> Out of everyone. <laughs> let's go. Let's go. Awesome. I mean, what? So. <laughs> You know, I want to I, I want to get into your disability or whatever at some point. But what really what was the mindset to not only, you know, start para snowboarding for you? And then obviously, we, you talked a little bit about moving to Morzine uh, with your now wife. And congratulations again on that. I'd like to talk right. to you about that as well. But um, when you started competing, what made you like? want to turn on that beast mode in the start gate and that kind of thing. Cause I've seen the intensity. You usually have goggles on, but I, I feel like I can almost see it through your goggles in your eyes. Like the intensity of like, let's go. Oh, mate. You like, I, I, I don't really know. Like you, you see, especially a lot of your, your team members that like try and pump themselves up. Um, I don't really have to do any of that. I just, like, even in training, I can't, I can't find it. It's, it's normally semi-finals, finals. I can sort of find it from somewhere. And, uh, maybe it's just adrenaline. I don't know, but I, I can, I can find that extra little percentage to pull out of a start gate, which is quite handy on most of our courses. <laughs> it must be that inner <laughs> JBM beast, right? Just Sorry, that anger. Go ahead. Just, just that British anger. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> brother i love it man i love it and and, and there's a couple things i, I want to hit on with that uh, a couple things that we, we pulled back to but how about you kind of give us uh what categories do you compete in and uh and how long have you been competing on that highest level you said pyeongchang yeah. was your first games um that was in 2018 dude i was there i loved it yeah. at a blast um just just there with my dad visiting though not 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 competing yeah. in anything except seeing how much soju i could drink man uh which was a lot so it was uh, it was a great time time um but uh hey just how about you give us how long you've been competing um and then when did you make that jump to the international stage i think you said it was 2018 though so i've been competing i think eight years maybe eight years i think i've been with the team yeah that's about right um and then obviously my first games was um uh pyeongchang uh so i've done two games i've been on the team eight years and then before that, like I just for me, like I was just going on lads trips. I was just a just a twice a year or once or twice a year, like snowboarder that could just get down the mountain. And I was just lucky enough to bump into um, Owen Pick and Ben Moore that Keith knows really well, um, who were just starting up the British team and, uh, in a pub in in Landgraf, one of the places we compete. And they just competed. I was there on a lads trip on the beers. And uh, we had a bit of a party, and they said, "Why don't you fancy? Do you fancy coming and um, like trying out with the team and, and see how it goes?" And I was like, "Yeah, right. Yeah, don't mind. Don't mind a bit of that." I was, I was a builder. <laughs> up, like, I was working on building sites. Games and it sounded way better to travel around snowboarding than rafting on the building site. So, uh, yeah. 
That's so, it with that, my one hand and son. Dude, I love it. That's a dope story because, you know, Keith, I, I've talked to you about this and, and I've talked to Ollie as well. Uh, Ollie Hill, uh, another snowboarder for Team uh, GB, Shredding Sassy founder. You know, both of you had told your story. You know, you had both lost your legs and um, not both your legs. You, you'd each lost a leg and kind of in the hospital, in the recovery room is where you, you guys kind of made that holy shit, this is something that I can do. Um, and, and, and then you guys set that goal for yourselves. So I know that, that you, James, you were born with this and, yeah. uh, and it's, that's pretty cool how that all came together that, that you were, you were riding, you were just there at the time, man, L crazy how luck happens and how uh, a situation can just unfold and can change your whole fucking life, man. That's so cool. Sorry, boys, my, my, my bad, my, I don't know what happened with my phone there. Um, I, I missed a little bit of that. No worries. No, I was just saying it, it's so cool how a situation can happen like that. And, and it just is running into it guys at a bar and it changed your whole life the way it has, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah so like, for me, it wasn't like, Go ahead. It, it wasn't, we weren't even a category. like each category and, and the category I was in the games before. So um, it was just good timing for me. Like it was that year going in. It was finally a category in, in the um, in the Paralympics, so that funding could could eventually be there. So it was actually a, a feasible thing to be able to go and do instead of um, yeah, just being able to compete. We still could compete at, at sort of World Cup level, but there was no funding and no backing really. So yeah, it's just good timing, which is a result. Yeah, so when I lost my leg, there was not even a such thing as Paralympic yeah. snowboarding. Uh, and so when I got into it in like 2010, I was like one of 17 ragtag snowboarders that were kind of just starting to push for this whole thing. Uh, and we were really lucky to have the WSF World Snowboard Federation jump on board and sanction some World Cups. And we pushed really hard to get para snowboarding into Sochi and it was no 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 for a long time we got I can't tell you how many no's so we started setting our eyes on Pyeongchang as okay 2018 is really going to be our shot to get it into the games and at the last minute they said congratulations your sport is going to make its inaugural debut in Sochi and from that point forward it was like let's go right but the problem with that was at that point we did have an upper limb category yeah. however yeah. in order to make it yeah in order to make it uh doable for the paralympics they only let one category in which happened to be mine and ollie's category the lower limb two category you could be a lower limb one category which is like an above the knee amputee or double leg amputee or something like that but you'd have to compete with the lower limb two guys which is like below the knee or drop foot or uh, a sprained ankle i don't really know at this point seems like anybody can kind of get in that category uh no i'm just kidding <laughs> i'm just kidding i'm just kidding but no like things things like cerebral palsy and uh that sort of thing was obviously in that category as well and i'm just kidding about all of that but after sochi was really when we were able to expand the categories and disciplines as well and so when jbm was introduced to the whole sport we were in that beginning stages of bringing those categories back in and kind of dividing things up a little bit and allowing you know the upper limb category which is what jbm is in uh a chance to compete against other upper limb category fellows 
and you could see that progression that you guys had that everyone else had to like then try and catch up to which i think is has taken a long time hasn't it but it's kind of getting there now really or the last couple of years whereas before because you time before you could see that, that there was definitely all the other categories needed to catch up to sort of that quality of riding and and um yeah just that skill level you know oh yeah yeah and it seemed like the lower limb riders were actually faster than the upper limb riders and it was oh, probably primarily yeah. due to that you know yeah, yeah. um now i'd say we're pretty com comparable comparable whatever the word is uh some days you guys are faster than us some days we're faster than you uh but it really has kind of skyrocketed in the level of competition and in all three categories, actually. Yeah. I mean, you look at people like Noah Elliott, who really pushed the, his category and started doing things that none of us could do. I mean, he's literally yeah. one of the fastest in the world, hands down, regardless of what category he ends up in. And I think he kind of broke the matrix a little bit with that because there were, uh, you know, you used to have a teammate, um, Swifty, who bilateral yeah, above knee amputee who would strap himself directly to the board he had these custom-made bindings oh I'm dude tell him hi for me please i, I miss him he, so much he married me but he got, he, 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 what's that you got mad at you is he, that what you said he, no he he married me he uh he got ordained and took oh. my wedding <laughs> oh he was your efficient yeah he officiated it sick yeah yeah well, so Swifty was trying to make the GB team for the Paralympics for 2018. And yeah. then Noah came in about the same time that he was making that run. And just like I said, like broke the matrix and completely threw kind of the curve system off because up until that point, like above knee amputees, bilateral amputees, all this sort of thing, double amputees were considered to be only able to go so fast and do only so much and then noah came in with this massive skate background and just threw all of that to the wind and it was like okay everybody's got to step up and unfortunately swifty didn't make the games team but one of my most yeah. memorable moments was in um was it cardrona we were we were in new zealand and i talked him into hiking up this piste with with us and doing a backcountry lap and he's like oh yeah no my i don't think so i can't do that yeah look uh, i'll just i'll just wait down here at the bottom for y'all blah, blah 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 and i was like fuck that grab your board and start hiking i can't, can't i gotta crawl up and i said i'll take your board and this thing weighed like 20 pounds but i carried oh, it all the way to the top and we... that setup man but so yeah, I mean, the level of writing has gone so much higher now. And just just to say, if I may, just a little little piece of my heart here. I mean, seeing the smile on Swifty's face after, you know, it's probably only a 20-minute hike for any average Joe. It literally took us like an hour and a half to get to the top. But to see the smile on his face at the end, when we got up there, he, I mean, it still is one of my most memorable moments in snowboarding as a whole before I lost my leg. Well, after as a competitor uh, to this day, it's one of the moments I hold on to the most and am most proud of, um, you know, top five for sure. But, you know, guys like JBM came in and just absolutely beast moded the, the, the circuit as well in their category. And it's so cool to see everybody in their respective categories really bringing the sport to a whole nother level that, you know, 15 years ago or whatever, you know, 12 years ago, we never expected it to be at. So, uh, hats off to you to, to, 
Did, mate. Yeah, like, sorry, me, long, I, but, a little long story there, my bad. But I, I don't feel like I, I came in and changed it. Like, for me, I, I looked at what, what everyone was doing, and I was like, well, I'm not, I haven't got the, I'm not the most skilled on the board, but what can I do? And I was like, well, I can get my starts, so I can train starts every day. We can do that. For me, it's like skate, it's like skateboarding, so it kind of, the flow sort of, I just get it. And I was like, so let's train them loads. And no one's in the gym, so I just went in the gym hard, like... I was training like twice a day, cardio, lifting weights, just get strong as fuck. And that's for me was what changed it. Do you know what I mean? And now, now you see everyone doing that. But for me, I was like, yeah. oh, I was doing it, so I'm just going to do that. Do you know what I mean? And I was living in the UK at the time, yeah. so it's like, well, I can get fit. I've struggled all the time. Yeah, fair. Yeah, as a, fair. as a sport progresses, I'm sure that you see a, a lot of that everywhere. Um, my question for you, you know, it's really interesting for me to hear, Keith, how you were just saying, you know, lower limb to uh, upper limb, you know, how you guys are, are back and forth. So I, I would assume that as a, a lower limb, you would probably have a better start, maybe um, upper limb, you know, better on the track. So I could see how that could even out. Uh, is that is that the case? Is that where the, the strengths and weaknesses lie of of the lower versus upper limb? Or am I, am I incorrect there? Where the lower limb obviously would have a stronger start where and the upper limb may have a stronger through the course to the whole shot, whatever. I think, I think if, if you look at it, then simply, but my starts not the case. are pretty good. My starts are pretty yeah. good. Um, I think, I think everyone's got strengths and weaknesses in, in the course. I, I don't think the disability is a, is a thing. Like Love that it. you can go, oh, the disability is not going to be good at this. Like from what Keith was saying there, like that's how it used to be. They go, oh, well, disability, they've got this disability, so they're going to struggle on this bit or this. Now you, you watch, like like you said, like Noah or or me and Star or whoever, you you watch them and you go, well, this is the bit they're not meant to be very good at. And they're sure. fucking really good at it. <laughs> how is that, Dude, I love how is that, that fucking man. possible? And it's sick. It, it's it's mad to watch. That's amazing to hear, man. Uh, so why don't you tell me who is like that guy right now? He can't be on team GB. He needs to be on a different team. Who's that guy that you're always targeting? Like, dude, I'm going to beat that guy, man. I, I'm going to beat that guy <laughs> and I'm going to beat him bad. I just, I just want to beat that guy. Who's that guy for you? Uh, Come on. Who do I want to beat? They all want to beat me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> with, no. Yeah. Yeah. Who, who, who do you, I know they all want to beat you. Got it. Got it. Who, who, who's the guy that you got marked, marked, marked in your, in your mind that I mean, dude, I'm going to beat this dude every time I, mean, I, I compete a, with. In, in my category, there's a couple. Like, in the last few years, like there's been uh, Maxime, one of the French guys. He's pretty good. He's really good at turning. Yeah. Um, uh, one of the Italians is really good and I love racing him um, but and then there's, there's like there's loads you know but there's some new guys there's like this Swiss this Swiss kid that's coming who's feet ripping um, Aaron Mike Farney yeah, yeah he rips Mike Miner's always up there somewhere being uh, being annoying and fast so yeah there's, <laughs> there's loads you know so I'm like I never, I never, I never go like I want to beat them. I just want, I want to beat everyone. You know what I mean? I love that mindset. But I don't. I, I try not to focus on any anyone. Like I want to be riding my race and, and hopefully, it win. hopefully I win. 
Yeah, I would say like kind of going back to, uh, you know, the disability topic a little bit and, and the preconceived notions and that sort of thing. It seems like your approach to snowboarding in Paris, snowboarding, I would guess would be similar to your just general approach for life. Like you didn't acquire your disability. You were born that way. Um, how is that? Is, am I wrong by thinking that? Like it, I assume in life you just kind of were like, well, this is the hand I've been dealt no pun intended, uh, and I'm going to play it. So uh, <laughs> literally, I just, I didn't mean to say that, but you know what I'm saying, right? I mean, I don't know. I worked hard when I was on field sites, you know what I mean? Like, I had a great passing. I was a scumbag before that. I was just, I was on the beers every night, partying too much, like, properly, like, not like the Americans, like, the British partying too much. <laughs> you know what I mean, like, we do it right. So, yeah, he came around to me, he said, like, I'll give you a drink. He, he, what he said to me was, what's, what's up, one-handed bloke? Like, what do I do with a one-handed bloke on a building site? I was like, I can grasp. He gave me a job. And he, he, he looked at me and said, look, like you've got shit rep- reputation like for partying and stuff. Like, the first day you don't turn up for me is the last day you work for me. I was just like, mm, fair enough. And I never, like, I worked for him for, I don't know, five, six years, whatever it was, and I, I didn't never, I never missed a day. Um, and I, I think... That stuck with me. That it was just like, look, you put in your hard work and and, and do what you got to do. And um, I, I think I took that into my snowboarding. It's like, right, you turn up every day. Like, there's no one telling you to get in the gym every day. There's no one telling you to just put your snowboarding every day. That's on you. You know, it's an individual sport. So you you turn up and you you put your board on or you get in the gym and do the bits that you got to do when no one's watching. You know what I mean? And for me, that's has that, that that's has kind of worked. Has that always been your approach? Like as a kid, you know, say, you know, playing football and, and whatever else, like, was that like your approach? Like, I'm just going to turn up and, and do give, go as hard as I can. Or is that something that you acquired uh, over the years? I think yeah, it's definitely acquired. Like as a kid, like I played loads of sport and that, but I wasn't like, let's get it done. Let's get, like, I was just like, oh, this is fun. I'll have a bit of that. But, um, I've always been a skateboarder, so that I think that teaches you a lot, you know. You turn up, you ride, sure. you fall over, you get up. Do you know what I mean? So that I think that for like life lessons is like one of the best sports you could you could do, you know. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean learn how to slam. I mean nothing builds grit like slamming super yeah. hard on the concrete Especially and going back and concrete, you're like, oh, yeah, I'll get up and do that again. Yeah. <laughs> Sleep, you know something about that. Yeah, yeah, man. Something I don't want to talk about. It's uh it, it's rough, dude. My hips. My hip like as an as a I'm uh, I'm 37 now. So every time I go down on my hip, man, I feel like it's you know, it's it's 2 or 3 weeks before I can and I can't even imagine snowboarding like I snowboarded you know, when I was 19, 20, I'm in Texas now, so I don't have the opportunity to go out every weekend like I used to. Um, but I couldn't imagine, you know, hitting booters that I used to hit 
you know, just kind of hucking it and, and hoping and, and trying new things and, and just the slams I would take there even, you know, now as a, as an older gentleman, I don't, I don't think I can handle it, man. I don't know how you guys oh. do it. Oh mate, I'm watching, watching some of the, the kids doing the stuff and like missing the landings and stuff. I'm like, Oh, my knees. Oh yeah. My back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bro, I just try not to crash at all costs. Like, even if it means, like, uh, I guess I'm not moving on in a race, like, it means I didn't crash. Today's a good day. Today's a good day. I have a saying, and I told I was coaching this weekend, and I told the kiddos that are racing this upcoming weekend. I said, "Look, I have I have a concept. Like, you walk away from a course, you had a good day. You get on the podium, you had a great day, and if you won it, you had a perfect day, meaning everything lined up, but." The goal is that first one, just walk away from the course, be able to make it through the parking lot, you know, hundred percent. Dude, JBM, Keith, Keith started coaching, man. He's coaching kids. He's training, uh, the youth of America right now. How do you feel about, uh, GB's chances? How do you feel about GB's chances coming up with, uh, with coach Keith here, coach Grizz? I think we'll be all right, mate. We've got some good coaches. <laughs> no, it's wicked, mate. I think um, getting athletes back into coaching and, 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 and sort of running. You're doing a lot of able-bodied coaching as well, Keith, eh? Or is it Paragraph? Uh, yeah, and that's, that's, yeah. that's what I'm doing now is, is able-bodied yeah. coaching. But, um, I think it's rad, mate. Like, we've definitely got – we've been doing it long enough to have – the skills to be able to, to show anyone on and, and tell anyone how to be good snowboarders, you know, I think it's rad. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I think and, the skill set is the same across the board, whether you're yeah. able, you know, able body or para, um, I, it, we're all essentially trying to do the same thing. So, uh, you know, you know what the movements are and if you can articulate that five or 10 different ways, so five or 10 different kids or people can, can pick it up, then, I think anyone can can really do that as long as you understand the skill set you're yeah. trying to. And board across is easy. Just on. like go straight, go really fast, jump. First one <laughs> of the bottom wins, <laughs> right? Jump. Don't be scared. <laughs> be scared, but push that push that aside. Try not to crash. Try not to do I'm anything fine. weird in the start section. <laughs> yeah, I I. In our first episode, JBM, I told a story about when you were out here for X Games and you had broken your leg pre- previously to that, right? Or during yeah. your stay here, something like that? Yeah, no, before and that. I didn't we, know it was broken. Yeah, yeah. We, I was in, we were in Hintertux in Austria. Last day, hit a jump, fucked it up, like normal. Um, <laughs> and it really, yeah, I, was, I, I, was, I, was in, I was in a lot of pain. I was like, I don't know. It doesn't feel right. I got down the mountain. It took me like an hour and a half to get down from the mountain from the border cross. Like, but I was like, no, nah, I'm not getting steadied off. No, no chance. So I got down the mountain. I was like, oh, I don't feel great. We're going back to the UK. So I got back to the UK. Mrs. picked me up from the airport, and I'm like hobbling through the airport. Went and saw the doctor in the UK. I'd like a day in the UK before flying out to Aspen. Um... Got it checked in the UK, and they were like, "Well, you walked in here, so it's not broken." And I was like, "It really hurts." You know, like we've all broken stuff, haven't we? Like you know when it's broken, like it's not broken. Yeah, all right, yeah no worries. Get to get to Aspen. Well, I tried to shred, couldn't. Saw the doctor in Aspen, and he said, 
he x-rayed it and um and said yeah it's not broken and i was like oh well and then by this point like we then we, where did we go off there oh we went to canada we was in big white for a race and it's still hurting and i was just like oh, i don't know what's going on this at this point the um the, the coach is going up oh, mate toughen up like you've been a fan you like give it a rest so i was like maybe, it's, maybe i'm just been a fucking loser anyway we get to france after there we're in france and that course where were we uh, there's anglaise is it i think um, so uh, yeah yeah world champs or world cup finals or something Everyone was killing themselves. It wasn't built great. I was going over a roller and I was like, mm. waiting around, waiting around at the bottom, the bottom of the lift, race piece. I was at the bottom of that, and the guy's like, "Do you need a lift?" And I was like, "No, no, no. I've done it already. It's fine. I'll just need a ten minutes, and I'll be sweet." I just went to stand up, and leg gave way again, and I couldn't fall. So I started going there to the doctor at the, at the bottom, and so I was in. yeah yeah i knew you're down on your luck because you really want to compete in x games and um i know i know the boys were there to, 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 yeah just yeah yeah and i was like i can't i can't let him be like that what can i do i mean you weren't staying too far from me we were actually in the same town here and uh yeah, I went and picked you up in my in my old uh, Mercury Mountaineer, and we went and found a, a parking lot and just did donuts and just drifting around. And I was like, "Well, we can get his adrenaline up somehow. This this will be a good way to do it for a little bit. Hopefully, I don't jar him around too much. But eh, who cares? He'll have fun. Great, it was wicked. I mean, yeah, it's before you had loads of guns as well, wasn't it? That's a shame. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, I've I've always had at least a pistol or something, but uh yeah. Well before No. No, so when Ollie was out here this this spring, yeah. I took him to the range and oh, he that. seemed to have a really enjoyable time. We we I feel let, like Ollie we... would not be safe with guns. I'm just saying I feel like he'd be like, "Yeah. Oh yeah." I kept a close eye on him. Okay. And we went over a proper etiquette before we left the house while everything was fully <laughs> unloaded for sure. Don't be an idiot. Um, <laughs> Dude, I bet it was a blast though, man. I bet it was a blast. Oh yeah. Like, I mean, I live like, you know, not too far from, from a proper gun club and that sort of thing. So they have everything that you need to, uh, have some grouping therapy, if you will. Um, and you know, it's, it's primarily as long as you don't have, uh, fully automatic machine guns, you're pretty much allowed to shoot kind of what you want over here. Although a few years ago, uh, there was a guy on 4th of July, he went out with tracer bullets and caught the whole mountain on fire and started a wildfire that lasted like two, three weeks, almost burned down all these million dollar homes or multi-million dollar homes. So, uh, that's not allowed anymore. I don't know if it was allowed before, but I don't think he really cared. He seemed like a kind He's of a lawless guy anyway. <laughs> yeah. 
but uh, JBM, you're not you're 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 no stranger to guns and that sort of thing. Can you give us a little description of your occupation um, that you had with the military? Because I know you're a military guy yeah. as well, or at least worked with uh, them. Well, no, I wasn't military, but I did work with the military for a few years. Uh, basically, we was doing uh, like casualty simulation. So we'd set, we'd work with the military. It was a lot of their training before they went to um, Afghanistan, setting up scenarios where there was injured casualties. So we'd work with the medics and we'd work with like uh, like makeup artists and like guys that blow stuff up and and yeah, make scenarios. So the guys would have to come in and treat people with missing arms, legs, and they're all made up like they've been blown up and. Um, yeah, it was well fun. <laughs> yeah, so those experiences are always, yeah, those experiences are always interesting. I was in, uh, I did six years in the service and, uh, you know, we always had exercises like that and, uh, those are definitely interesting and, and, and valid, valid to preparing people for, uh, for going into those really harsh conditions. So, uh, it's pretty, that's pretty, uh, pretty cool that you were a part of that man. And, and, and was yeah. it, uh, just a volunteer thing or how, how did it all, my how did it all get set up? How did you get involved? Yeah. Yeah. I just got, I don't know, I don't know how someone got my number, but someone rung me. I was, I was. What's I doing? I was working in the gym. I was just working in the gym, and I got this phone call from someone. Just went, "Hey, like, this is what we do." Explained what they do, and they're like, "Do you fancy it?" And I was just like, "I think, I think I was in the pub," and I just went, "Fuck off, mate! Why are you taking a piss?" <laughs> and uh, and um, they were like, "No, no, we're, this is serious. Like, do you fancy coming to do some like some?" Role play sort of thing, and I was like, and I was like, so I went away on and, and done like their training, which was like a couple of days, just show you what everything is, how it works, blah, blah. and uh, yeah, I was like, mate, this is fun. Like, get to hang around. Like, a lot of my friends are forces lads, and um, uh, so I kind of like, I just they're kind of my people. I kind of get them, and, sure. and they're, they're like, you can just. I hang out with these guys, we do some flowers, like travel around the UK. And yeah, they, so I've done my training, then the next day they, I flew out to Sweden, uh, no, then I flew out to Germany with, with, with the company that I was working with and was working with the British guys out of Germany. It was mad. You know, that, 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 that's awesome. Uh, that, that's pretty crazy that you get to experience that. Uh, the most value that I've got out of this conversation so far is that there is value in finding work at pubs. There is so much value in finding work at pubs. It's it almost got it like, you know, your, your, all of your jobs have been lined up at the bar, man. I, I don't know. So I guess if you're on the job hunt, man, show up at a bar, you know, get a couple beers. Do you, do you carry your resume on you or how does that work? See, I don't think you can look for it. Don't, don't look for it. Like, I was never looking for work. <laughs> <laughs> you just gotta go out for a good time. Go out for a good time. Get chatting to the right people. Things happen. And you end up with loads of work. It's great fun. Ooh. <laughs> love it, love it. What's your craziest story from that job? I know you had a few and oh, they had loads, yeah. um, potentially proposed some wild stuff, right? The, the best 
thing I've ever done in my life, probably. Apart from getting married, that's obviously. Um, uh, we flew out to Sweden, and it was a, a big um, uh, special forces thing out there. Um, and it's the biggest collection of special forces guys, like from all over the world, come to this area to do some training. So, um, uh, and they do these big scenarios. So, it's, like you think that everyone's there, it's pretty mad, like proper blokes. And uh, yeah, this scenario is mad. Like they had to like I was in a I was in a black container and had to like fall through these situations, get to like this um, like log that to fall through log to get to me and drag me out. But it was like they turned it into a sauna, so like they had to crawl through it like that, and they had to get some guy out of a well. And, and it's in the middle of the night, it's freezing cold, and like, all the casualties to one place, and then. To simulate the enemy, so when the engine to get all the casualties moving to the next place, and then they tag and tag all the all the special forces guys. Put us in another star where they put us in cars, so they have like casualty in the middle with special forces guys next to us, and they screw it shut and 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 lock the lock, lock all the cars, and then there's these big explosions and fire, and they have to kick big like get out of there like plastic cuffs take the hoods off smash the windows out drag us out and then the hoses come out and they carry on doing it through until they get to like a um uh, uh, get us a process pond and there's like one pallet that floats so they have to get all the all of the casualties across and then the helicopters come in and yeah. dude how old were you at this time this sounds so dope Twenty-one, maybe. Twenty twenty-one. Oh man, sick. Yeah, mental. And you're just going. They're just going. What the? Like everyone's got hypothermia and it's freezing, and they're putting IVs into you and absolute carnage. But it's like I don't know what's just happened, but it was bloody fun. Yeah, that's sick, dude. I, I I know you've shared some pretty wild stories with me. Um, what was the craziest idea that they had that didn't go through? That oh, they're like, nah, I don't think we're actually oh, going to do that. Um, it, at that, the guy wanted to... Uh, they were putting, like, an IV in my arm, like, just to, like... Because they're, like, all even the, all the guys, special force guys have got, like, hypothermia, so they've still got to go through all their medical drills. So they're trying to put, like, IVs in and drips and that. And they have been going on all day, and I was like, mate, I can't have anything else put in my arm. It's like, it's going to fall off. Like, it's just, like, hurting. <laughs> and the guy this this the guy that was, like, supervising was this big um, Norwegian uh, anti-terrorist police, and he just went, ho, 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 we put it in your foot. And I was like, you what? one of the doctors wanted to like drill into my shin and put like an iv thing through my shin and i was like yeah he's like it doesn't hurt and i was like yeah cool yeah all right yeah let's do that and uh and and luckily the surgeon like the top boss come in and was like no 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 I don't think this is a good idea. Do <laughs> <laughs> you get paid extra now. for that? You're like, hey, how much extra are you going to pay me to drill into my shin? Because we'll, oh, we can make it happen. We can make it happen. Oh, yeah. uh, that's wild. Yeah. So you've always been a wild guy. It sounds like, like uh, I mean, I've known you forever, right? Just, just an idiot. 
<laughs> I love that we're on on with you today. Uh, I again, I thank you for your time, just giving us these stories and stuff on Thrash Talk. Uh, I've like I said, I've known you forever. You, me, and Ollie, we seem to gravitate towards each other on the World Cup circuit. Um, and it's some of my, my best memories on the world cup circuit is running around with you guys. You know, I love my team yeah. and everything, but I have a tendency to, uh, to, you know, need my time in my space from a group that I spend all my time and share my space with yeah. anyway. So, um, you know, the three of us, we're like this weird little, uh, triangle, you know, you've got Ollie who's like this ultra social butterfly uh but very charismatic somehow and then you've got me who depending on the day i'm either more gravitating towards that or more gravitating towards you and you're kind of that just kind of always like that british bulldog sitting in the corner like you, everyone knows don't mess with jbm um and i, I just I, I love that we get to sit down and actually chat with you about other things other than snowboarding but also you know get back to snowboarding a little bit and take that time to really just, you know, what are your big goals for the next couple of seasons? I definitely want to talk to you about that. Congrats at, uh, you know, last season for the, for the globe. That's a huge one. Um, talk us through some of that stuff, if you wouldn't mind. Uh, goals for next season, goals for uh, next couple of seasons. Like for me, like this season was like always an off, off season, like a chill season. Like if you can have like, I was like, I don't want to chase a globe. I've done that last year. Um, I just want to have fun. Like, for me, it was like, I got married in the summer. Done all that. Sort of took the summer off. Like, I was still training, but, like, took it chilled. Like, like I was in the gym, like, every day, more than once a day. Uh, this summer, I've kind of just gone, oh, I'll train three or four times a week, you know. So, like, took it super chilled, done other things. Um, uh, spent more time here which was really cool um so this winter is the same really i just wanted to have fun like for us we have to set because it's not a world champs or games year we have to set a couple of races that are like our races that we want to do well in and that can sort of change our funding for next season so we picked like um and canada as our like okay. main ones, other okay. than that, Just... like, like we're gonna go to everything else. But like, I obviously still want to win, but I'm not killing myself, you know. Right. Yeah, and I you think... got married this summer. Huge congrats! I apologize, I couldn't be there. We've talked at length about why I couldn't <laughs> be there, but um, yeah, talked. How was that? I know the stag do party was pretty wild. We don't have to go into too many details, you know, but. Um, uh does that play into that mindset of like i just want to have fun and kind of relax a little bit this winter yeah yeah for me last last year was a busy year um obviously chasing the globe and then this summer i've, I've been working a lot um sorting out the wedding um i've had friend other friends weddings and stuff so um and then we had a, a training camp in australia so it's been super busy um so it's yeah for me it was like this winter was just like, right, let's just get back to what we do um, and, and actually do some learning. Um, like, you don't really learn much in the winter. Like, you you learn at races, yeah. but, like, you don't learn, you don't upskill, up do you know what I mean, much. Yeah. Because um, normally, on normal seasons, we don't, you just don't have that opportunity. You, like, you don't have that time. 
Um, so for us, it's like, right, okay, what, what can we do? So we've done, we the camp in, luckily, weirdly, two months off in the middle of the season. So um, we've had a camp in Morzine, like, uh, just before Christmas, and we, we're, we're having one now, which has been really nice. So I'm actually at home on a training camp, which is really rad. Um, and then, yeah, like I said, we're going to go to all the races this this season. We'll see. Like, if like for me, it's like I'll go to them, the main ones. I'll do the rest of them. But if I if I'm feeling burnt out, or I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna skip races. You know, um, I just want to get back into. Sure. I don't I don't want to kill myself, and we don't need to this year. Um, and then and then after yeah. after this season, I want to get fully focused to get back into it. Like big summer of training. Um, before world champs next year and the games the year after, where I want to obviously sure. become world champion and Olympic Paralympic champion. I can <laughs> totally relate. I um, <laughs> well, well, I mean, a like was it a season or two ago? Like I've been doing this for so long. It's it like you get burnt out at times, and I think it's important to take those seasons to really yeah. just back off and hone in your craft a little bit and fall back in love with it. And that was one of my yeah. goals. I actually had some pretty lengthy conversations with my coaches and they're like, well, what's your goals for this? And this was, I think going into last season and I, what's your goals for this season? And I was like, look, I just want to fall back in love with snowboarding. Cause there's days where like, it's my passion. It's my church. It's what, where I feel whole, you know? Yeah. And, I was like, I someday, some days I hate this and I don't mm. want to feel that way. I hate that. I hate it. So that's been a big part of my journey within the last couple of seasons, you know, and I, I get that with, um, taking my son out and riding with him. I've really been filling my cup with the coaching side of things, both with the, the able-bodied kiddos here in town. And then I have an adaptive athlete that mm -hmm. brought me on as her, her private coach and stuff for what we're doing. And seeing their small successes and being a part of that really like it not only fills my cup but being a part of their journey kind of helps me hone my craft because i have to go back through my skill set and and not only be proficient be able to demonstrate proficiently but then there's things there's little steps that you kind of forget along the way as yeah. well so those are a little of the a few of the pieces of the puzzle for me lately that i've really been been working on we've talked about it haven't we um for me it was like i put everything into going into that last games like everything it's my life like i was training hard there, there weren't anyone training hard than i was i was i was putting in some hours in the gym i was training hard like we like like seven days was the longest we were having off snow like i was like we can't have time off snow like, i need to be doing and I put everything into it and then got to the games and whatever happened at the games happened. But um, I felt like I was at the top of my game and shit happened sometimes. But um, I, I said to you, didn't I? I was like, look, I, couldn't, I can't do another four years the way I've done that. Like, that. like when it was your whole life and there's nothing else mattered. And I needed to do that to get to where I was, but I just couldn't do that again. Like, that was... like, And, and actually... Um, I think I feel like I'm riding better for going at it a different way and having a better work-life balance and um, prioritizing life. Um, it, it still means everything to me. I'm just doing it. I'm trying to do it a different way. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's funny when you when you sit there and you do it day in and day out and you're like, I can't take time off because then I'm falling behind. You get in this weird mindset of like, if I take a single day off or a week off, I'm I'm gonna be so far behind everyone else. But that is so important for the recovery aspect. And yeah. I find that like if I do three or four days in a row and I take a day or two off, my next day back is better than that fourth day. Uh, the muscle memory is there and the body's just firing on all cylinders. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that's important for an entire season to do that. And you've spent the time clearly building the foundation, you know, it's this fine line of like not overworking the mind, but pushing it to a certain point because you're working the body so hard and you got to really make sure that like you can level that out a little bit at times because otherwise you just it's like any machine that you overwork at some point it's gonna you know blow a piston or a cylinder or something and next thing you know it's in the shop <laughs> so i want to jump you know. in real real quick keith and, and JBM, because that is critical in all aspects of life in everybody's life, not just professional athletes. You know, if you are like jamming on a thing and you're worried that, you know, somebody else is developing an app and you want to develop it first. So you're working 12 hour days, seven days a week, uh, trying to get this thing out, you're burnout, you got, you got the blinders on. I guess where I'm going with this is this, this can be related everywhere, not yeah. just as a professional snowboarder, um, having that work life balance, like you said earlier, James is going to make you a per, more, more productive individual, I, I think, hands down. Yeah. So yeah, I, I really I think, appreciate that guidance. I think, I think there's definitely a time and a place for like putting in the hours and, and, and a lot like, for me, I feel like I had to, like I needed to. Like especially at the beginning, like I, I needed to. You need to put in them hours, get the time on the board, like really, like get your fitness up to a certain level. And for me, that's what I needed to do. I needed to put in everything, you know, um, because I think I think you, especially when you're um, trying to learn the skills, you know, you need to put in put in them them big hours. But oh yeah, um, but, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's not. You can't do it forever. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Definitely. You know, at a point, at a point, once you have uh, the capability, you definitely got to, to balance it out. One other question I had for you, and actually it's a scenario. I want you to walk me through it because I imagine this was a crazy time in your life, man. Uh, you're preparing for the games, you're preparing for Pyeongchang and you just get back from a trip and all of your shit gets stolen. Uh, your whole kit, I imagine your snowboards and everything like that. Dude, what were you thinking when you lost everything right before the biggest moment of your life at the time? I, I assume, man, I imagine it was insane. Uh, what's I thinking? Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> About a dollar for every time I've heard him say that right there. <laughs> yeah, it was I was like, I'll sort my bags out in the morning, like, they're in the car, it's cool. Um, Went to bed, and then, yeah, in the morning, they were like, oh, why is your, like, sleeping bag out in the in the road? And went out, and the window had been lift, lifted out of the car, and they'd taken all the stuff, and I was, yeah. It sucked, but for me, do you know what? It was For me, it was a blessing in disguise. It, I had to put in some big hours then. Like, I was, I was like, what, what do I do? Like, I've got no money, I've got... I've got nothing, no, you know. I wasn't getting funded at the time. Oof. No, no, I wasn't getting funded at the time, and um, uh, and I didn't have any snowboard stuff. And I was like, "Fuck!" Like, I've got like two weeks to our first race. What do I do? I was like, I don't know. Like, so I was like, right, 
let's speak to as many media outlets as I can and see like like see what see what I can do like and I was really lucky BBC were like yeah I was in Manchester at the time and uh, like the BBC um, uh, studios are there so they were like come down so I went in and I was just going to go speak to the local um, like the, the local press guy and um, as I was sitting in the foyer this guy walked past and was like is it James Maxwell? I was like yeah I was like he was like oh, I'm I'm a I'm BBC Sport, which is like the nationwide sport. I'm I'm I'm, I'm covering you guys in Beyond Chain. That's how he knew I was. He was like, "Why why are you here?" So I told him. He was like, "Fuck that, we're having this." So he put me on to like their nationwide BBC thing. We done this whole interview, then it got loads of views on on the TV and online. Um, and yeah, we set up like a funding page. Got loads of funding. Um, loads of support like back home everyone really sorted me out got like new boards sent out my old boss like bought me a new race board it's unreal like the support was unreal see i actually come out of it like with all new kit like all all all, all of my like ev- everything was sorted out like yeah it was crazy that's so cool to see like the the country I mean, I, I, it, it was blasting off the country. So the country kind of, kind of back you going into that event, man, that's yeah. a cool story. And, and I didn't see that, that side of it. Right. I just saw the news article of everything getting jacked, yeah. you know, but, but to hear everybody kind of, kind of coming behind you is, uh, is pretty amazing. And like you said, man, a blessing in disguise for sure. But you look for the guy, right? You try to find him. Well, the police like almost had a go at me. They're like, "Why did you leave that much stuff in the car?" And I was like, "Well, I'm just driven back from Austria. Like, it's taken me like 14 hours or something. I was just tired." They're like, "Well, that, well, that was silly." I was like, "Give us a break, mate. They put me like I haven't done anything wrong." Um, <laughs> so they 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 told me to keep an eye out on eBay, and I was like, "Is that the police in you do? Like, is that what the police do now? Just tell me to keep an eye out on eBay." So we did for a while, and then. Nothing, nothing ever come up. And then it wasn't, it was about a year later, I was in Finland, they got an, a message from a guy who, whose son actually rides board across, but lives in Manchester, and he's like, mate, check this out. There's a couple of porches come up and they um, they look like yours. And I was like, mate, they're 100% mine. They got, I think they got my name on them. Um, so we sent it to the police <laughs> and the police went round and got them. So yeah, I got a couple of boards back, but I didn't get everything else. But yeah, got a couple of boards back, which was crazy. Uh, dude i'm so glad to hear that came full circle i'm glad they ended up catching him i mean no, i think they said, one they of said my all time they can't they, they said they can because mm. it's been so long yeah that's what i said but it, they said because it's been so long they can just say that they or he he bought a whole lot from a like a like a like an auction sort of thing like a storage auction oh. apparently uh well who on the who on the storage unit then that's what i, I want to know let's go yeah. deeper i do you know me i want to investigate everything call everyone out on their bullshit so let's go the, at least you got your boards back i mean at least you got your boards back and you know all's well that ends well at the end of the day and like you said blessing in disguise it's so funny how like 
JBM has this tendency to just be in the right place at the right time. It's almost like that on course when I watch him race too. Uh, hate to say oh. that JBM, but you put yourself in positions, at least on course, where you are in the right place at the right time. When we got I to race in the team in the event, positions quite a lot as well. I was just going to say, you put yourself in the wrong position and we got a hell of a photo of me passing you right before the finish line. Uh, you're fully penciled out and I'm coming in hot and slow-mo because that's how I ride. But uh, yeah, what, dude, let me just say again, thank you so much for your time today on Thrash Talk. It's always an honor and a pleasure to get to sit down and chat with you whether it's here or we're in person i just yeah, i love the shit out of you man you're you're like i do consider you like a brother from another mother and um, yeah, i my journey wouldn't be as delightful without you um if i may real quick uh why don't you give everybody a way so they can follow along on your journey what's your socials what's the best way um any any shout outs there yeah, so on Instagram, it's Stubbergram, uh, S-T-U-B-B-E-R-T-R-A-M. Uh, and then on Facebook, and Instagram, and TikTok, but I don't use it. Uh, it's James Barzilla. <laughs> it's easy. And uh, Spell I'm, I'm, I think I'm on that. I think I'm on that Discord thing, but I don't know how to use it either. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dude, we'll have to get you in there, man. He keeps having to go at me, so I need to learn how to use that. <laughs> Tell him to teach you. Well, I don't think he knows how to use it properly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that could be true, man. That could be true. But as he said, just uh, reiterate, man, uh, love this. Thank you so much for coming on with us today. Uh, thank you for all that you do. Uh, rocking the sassy gear, man. Love seeing all the stuff you with the globe picture and, uh, and you got the sassy hoodie on man. So, uh, I know the, the sassy community appreciates you. We've had you in a couple of uh, X spaces. That was pretty rad and, uh, and look to doing more, more stuff like that in the future. So, uh, this is definitely not the end of our conversations. I'm sure, uh, as we move through this season uh, and into next, uh, who knows, man, who knows? Yeah, I love I love this whole concept that you boys are thought up and uh, and uh, tracking on with. I think it's going to be sick. Um, and obviously, Shred the Sassy are sorting everyone out, which is absolutely quality. Yeah, brother, it should be fun. It should be fun. Uh, but that's all I got today, Keith. Man, anything else? No, I said my piece. You know, uh, I'll look forward to seeing you here in a couple of weeks, JBM. Oh, yeah. yeah, you guys are getting together. That's yeah. right. Getting the band back together. In Finland. Oh, boy. <sighs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, you guys have a good time. Uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in to Thrash Talk, and uh, we'll catch you soon. You. You. You.